those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday in Lent is the Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 12. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. I will make you a great nation. All of the families of the earth will be blessed in you. I will give this land to your descendants. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was the fulfillment of the promise given to Abraham, my beloved. For some reason, when I take a look at these uh, words from Genesis chapter 12, I think of my grandpa. Actually, not my grandpa, my great-grandpa, who used to live um, half a block down when I lived in the central city. And it was kind of neat because uh, a lot of times when I was coming home from school in the afternoon, he would say, come on in here and have a cookie. Let's talk. My great-grandpa had quite a legacy because he passed his faith in his Savior down to his son and to his grandson and to his great-grandson and now to great-great-grandchildren. What do you call your grandpa? Grand grandfather or opa or grandpa or granddad? This morning we don't want to talk about your grandpa or your opa. We want to talk about our grandfather, opa, Abraham. St. Paul says he is the father of every believer. Abraham is so very, very important because after Adam and Eve's disobedience in the Garden of Eden, God made that wonderful promise, I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. At the time of Abraham, God hadn't fulfilled that promise to send a Savior who would crush the head of the devil. In fact, uh, when Jesus came, that promise had stood for 2,000 years, and so it was 4,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years B.C., and 500 years after Noah and the universal flood, God began to put that specific promise that he made in the Garden of Eden into effect. We remember Abraham about 2,000 years B.C., God chose one man to initiate his plan to rescue mankind from their sin, and that was Opa, Grandpa, Abraham. God told Abraham that he was going to promise to give him three big gifts. And all he wanted Abraham to do was to believe the promises because during Abraham's life, he would not see a fulfillment of any one of them. And Abraham did believe. Our Lord Jesus Christ, remember, he told Thomas and his disciples, blessed are those who have not seen 
and yet have believed. So we want to take a look at Grandpa Abraham this morning and be encouraged to follow in the footsteps of his faith. First of all, Abraham believed that God would take care of him. And then uh, Abraham believed in those three promises that his, through his descendants he would become a great nation. He, would, he believed that God would give him his own promised land. And he believed that God would bring salvation to the world through his descendants. Abraham believed God's promise to take care of him. God told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who dishonors you. And Abraham needed to hear that promise because, you know, God had told Abraham, pick up everything. I know you're 75 years old, but take your family and all your possessions because you're going to move to a better place that I'm going to show you. And so we've heard that story over and over again, but how about you? What about uh, if... Uh, Two men in a truck pulled up to your front door. And the driver got out and walked up to your front door and said, um, I'm going to be moving all your stuff out of here now, so get out of my way. And I'm going to take you to a better place. Uh, you don't know where it is, but just trust me because I'm going to do the driving. Oh, sure. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who dishonor you. I'll take care of you. Abraham believed, trusted, and so he left. Abraham left. Not really knowing where he was going. You know, for you and me, many times life is filled up with a whole lot of question marks. We don't know where we're going. Where are you going to be next week? Where are you going to be a year from now? Where are you going to be five years from now? Where are you going to be ten years from now? And then, of course, there's all those major stressors in our lives that come along, losing a job, getting a job, uh, moving, selling a house, a death in the family. How in the world are we going to cope? What is tomorrow going to bring? The designated psalm for this day is Psalm 121. I look up toward the mountains. Where can I find help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. Your guardian will not fall asleep. Indeed, the guardian over Israel never rests or sleeps. He's on duty 24-7, 365, or this year, 366 days. The Lord guards you from every evil. He guards your life. The Lord guards you as you come and go now and forever. And so God came to Abraham with the first of the three big promises for big gifts. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And at that time, Abraham and his wife didn't even have one child. Abraham, 75, his wife, 65. But he trusted. And so miracle of miracles, Abraham is 100 years old, his wife is 90 years old, and they have a baby. And it's not Grandpa Abraham, it's Father Abraham at 100 years old, and it's a boy. And they named him Isaac. 
only one son by his wife, Sarah. That's all Abraham ever knew of the promise because he died with only one son by his wife, Sarah. But 500 years later, the descendants of Isaac numbered some two and a half million people, and Moses led them out of slavery from Egypt. God, pressed, God kept his promise, and that was only a start. Because the other promise of the three promises, God said to Abraham, I'm going to give this land to you. Problem was, where Abraham was camping out, he didn't own one square inch of real estate. When his wife died, he even had to buy a little plot of ground to bury her. Never owned any of his own land. He was a nomad for his entire life, always with sand and dust in his shoes, living in tents. But God kept his promise, and 500 years later, Joshua, two and a half million people, Joshua marched into the promised land. The walls of Jericho fell down, and it became the kingdom of Israel. You know, you and I are a whole lot like Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11, faith led Abraham to obey when God called him to go to a place he would receive as his inheritance. Abraham trusted that he would keep his promise. All these people died having faith, but they didn't receive the things that God had promised them. But they saw these things coming in a distant future and rejoiced. They acknowledged that they were living as strangers with no permanent home on earth. You know, sometimes God goes way out of his way to remind us that this place is not our permanent home. The gyrations in the stock market political unrest locally, nationally, around the world, war in the Middle East, it continues on, there are Iran nukes, viruses, reminds us that this place is not our real home. No permanent comforts here. You know, living here in this world is sort of like uh, an airport. You ever go to an airport? Nobody lives there. I mean, either the people that run the concession stands, they go home. People are always rushing around, rushing around on their way to their destination, but nobody lives there permanently. And then so many times we get uh, frustrated trying to hang on to our tangibles that don't last, trying to find comfort and lasting peace in a place that doesn't last. Things just don't last here. I remember... Uh, uh, when my children were all little kids, you know, three years old, all the way up to whatever they were, ten, four kids, had a couple vans along the way that we drove. You know, when you have four kids, you know what the inside of that van usually looks like? Popcorn, tennis shoes, all that stuff are all over the place. Every once in a while, I would take a, a, a Saturday and clean the whole thing out, and it looked beautiful, and the kids got in there the next time, and I said, now it's going to stay this way. Sure. Nothing's permanent in this life. God asks us to trust in his promises that he has a mansion reserved for you that you don't deserve and the mortgage is all paid off by the blood of Jesus Christ and it's an all-inclusive food and drink, free, no hunger or thirst. And that will be your permanent home.
And all God wants us to do each day of our lives is to continue to remain homesick for a place we've never been. So like Abraham, if God asks you, are you ready to leave? Answer God's call to go to the promised land? Well, the answer is yes. Because as the gospel for today reads, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The third, not necessarily in the same order, but the third and greatest promise that God gave to Abraham was that all the nations of the earth would be blessed because of him. St. Paul said in Galatians, So Scripture announced the good news to Abraham ahead of time when it said, Through you all the people of the earth will be blessed. So people who believe are blessed together with Abraham, the man of faith. From Abraham's descendants, God promised one descendant would eventually fulfill God's promise. Jesus Christ is Savior of all. God kept his promise. You know, it's kind of interesting that Abraham never saw the Messiah, didn't know that he would be called Jesus, but he believed the promise. You and I have the same faith as Abraham. He had to look forward. We look backward to Jesus who hung on the cross. We recognize through history that God did send a rescuer, wrapped in swaddling clothes, born not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, born to serve. And so he serves 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and two fish. He serves his disciples when he washes their feet. He serves the Passover as he breaks the bread. He serves breakfast to his disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee after his resurrection. He serves our sentence on the cross so that he can continue to serve us today with his holy word and with his body and blood for forgiveness that we so desperately need for doubting his promises. Grandpa, Granddad, Grandfather, Opa, Abraham, your father and mine. You know what that means? He's family. We're family. The family of believers in the promises of God. Promises completed and fulfilled by the promised Savior, whom one day in our permanent home we will see face to face. And that's a promise. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please.